Yes, indeed. The war goes on and we are victorious, Lord God, because of your faithfulness, because we are your workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, and you are the one who is faithful to complete that work, Lord God, even as we've committed ourselves to you, that you will bring forth that which you desire in and through us, Lord God, that we will be 100% fruitful in the kingdom, in the kingdom of God. I thank you, Jesus, for giving us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive the revelation of your love and truth, that you heal the brokenhearted so that they can receive the hope and the joy and the peace and the goodness and the revelation of Jesus Christ in their lives even this day and from this day forward, Father. I thank you that the cross was the low point and the high point of everything. You died for us and you rose again. It is the beginning of the rest of our life. It's the beginning of our future. It's the beginning of our destiny completed, Father God. We thank you, Jesus that you've given us power to bind and loose. You said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. You said, whatever you ask, ask and you shall receive, Lord God. We're still standing on those promises that you've given us because they are your word and you do not lie. And you are a faithful God. And we know Satan tests and tries every word you've ever said in the hearts and minds of every man and woman and so and boy and girl. So we pray that the test, you will pass your test, Lord God, and stand the, the tests that Satan puts in our minds against you, that we will prevail in seeing our God love and protect and deliver us, Father. I thank you for healing the brokenhearted. I thank you for promising us and keeping your word and promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, deed done, action taken, that the prince of the power of the air is bound in every way, in every shape, today and in the days forward. He cannot hinder, hold back, or delay the revelation and the release of your truth, Father God, in and to this world. In Jesus' name, I thank you that you give us your wisdom now, Lord God. May we speak as the oracles of God. You are the wonderful counselor and the faithful witness. Thank you that you've never left us and you're still with us. Amen. Yes. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, the word of God is full. It, it's a prophetic word, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's it, you think of the book of Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet, who was a prophet kind of in the royal court, and he, he says in Isaiah 61, he has, he's talking about nations and what's going on with nations. And he's talking about what's going on with the people in the country, the leaders, all levels of people, uh, the sin. And then he brings in uh, powerful things like Isaiah 53 about the Messiah, uh, Jesus, describing him to a T. And, and then in Isaiah 61, Isaiah writes, under the inspiration of the Spirit of of the Lord, he said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of a prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Amen. The, the phrase that we want to look at here today, the, tr- the wonderful truth, he has sent me to heal 
the brokenhearted. And Jesus picks up this same uh, prophecy himself, speaking of himself in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, when he says almost the exact same words in a way, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has, he has anointed me to preach the good news or the gospel of, to the poor. He has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are bruised. So in Isaiah, he's talking about the good news. And in uh, the Gospel of Luke, he's talking about the gospel as being that good news. But uh, the healing of the brokenhearted, as you were saying, deliverance to the, brings deliverance, brings hope, brings um, healing, brings, I think the word is really hope, that people are lacking. They don't see a recovery, a way out. They feel entrapped. They feel alone. They feel in, encumbered, uh, sad, um, trapped, you know, just in their circumstances. Um, you, know, I, you know, we were talking last night about what we were going to pre- bring today and the word brokenheartedness and pain came to us. And um, in the middle of the night, the Lord woke me up and said, uh, the brokenhearted are brokenhearted because they don't know who they are. They don't have a sense of identity and who they really are, where they came from, what their life is all about. They've been plopped into the middle of this no man's land and given very few clues. The earth, is, the, the enemy has not allowed them to really discover who they are. But until we know who we are, our hearts are broken um, because we don't, we're not in touch with, we're disconnected from ourselves, we're disconnected from the truth of God, we're disconnected from our purpose, we're disconnected from our life and our destiny because we don't know where we come from and we don't really know who we are. Now that seems a little, may seem strange to a lot of our listeners here today because, um, you know, brokenheartedness, looking at that saying that it's because we don't know who we are, yet uh, we, th- we tend to think of, of brokenheartedness is that uh, events that have come to us, mm-hmm. uh, tragedies, uh, losses, uh, hurtful things of all kinds yeah. that have come at us, you know, through, um, you know, broken relationships, through assault, attacks, injury, sickness, disease, betrayal, a betrayal. Mm-hmm. And so there, there, there's so much brokenheartedness mm-hmm. in our world today. Well, that's true. That, that is the thing we think of when we think of brokenhearted. And we look at that and we look at the outcomes and the effects of those tragedies and things as the means of the way, the reason that our hearts have been broken. But I really believe the original place that our hearts are broken is because we have been from the very get-go, from the very moment of our first first breath, even before we were delivered from the womb, um, we are being reprogrammed, psychologically reconditioned by the enemy, the God of this world, to believe not that we're a being, but that we are based on and, and defined by our behavior. So Satan has lied to us um, and caused us to feel um, disconnected from God. We have been psychologically reconditioned you know, our original condition as sons and daughters of God is, is now being challenged by what we receive and what happens and goes on in the pit, the life pit, the, the, the snake pit. Um, and, and he's teaching us, training us to become slaves, to live underneath less than who we really are as animals when God has created us to be his sons and daughters. Um, so we're separated from ourself and from our identity by the the tragedies, by the troubles, by the things that break our heart, to believing that we're isolated and alone, and that creates the pain. 
Yeah, you know, just going back a little bit, now you referred to the snake pit, and, and I, I know you referred to that a lot, and a lot of the listeners here uh, understand what you're talking about. For someone that maybe is listening, maybe for the first time or haven't, hasn't listened often, uh, how would you, what do you mean by the snake pit? Well, the snake pit is our world. What we're, mm. we're here, um, plopped down here with little or no instruction, uh, except that which we receive from those who are around us, and most of them have been pretty brainwashed and, bro- and programmed already. So we're really lost, lost. We're in the snake pit and we're lost. We don't know who we are, where we're from, what we're doing here, and what we're supposed to be doing. So we try to pick up our... Uh, base our our decisions on the experiences we're having, and many of those experiences are contrived to set up a psychological reconditioning and behavior in us that will cause us to be more alienated from ourselves, more drawn away from the truth of God. Um, But for the, you know, and some people are, are, we told that freedom in the pit is to do anything I want to do. But does doing what I want to do bring me into freedom or does it bring me into the lie that takes me away from the truth, and and how can doing things that are a lie bring me to freedom and truth and and, tre- and uh, truth which brings freedom? Yeah, how well, can- if truth equals freedom, then lies equal bondage. So right. if we're we're operating according to any kind of lie, we're going to get you know that promises freedom. Well, know, this is the, the this thing is, the, is if yeah. we do if I do whatever I think I want to do, mm-hmm. that means I'm free, and that's not necessarily well, the case at all. And and going back to the brokenhearted, we're brokenhearted because we're sad. We're 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 homesick. We don't know where our home is or why we're homesick. We we don't really know that because we don't have all that information yet. But we're estranged from the truth. We're captured. We're oppressed overrun, conquered by the spirit, spiritual forces of the kingdom of darkness in this world. So Satan not only tries to separate us from the revelation of who we are, who God is, he also beats us down in the pit so that we lose our, our, our desire our, to, to, you know, to know the truth, to uh, walk in the truth, to be victorious. He wants us to be victims. Satan wants us to be, uh, take on the uh, identity of a victim as, mm-hmm. as opposed to what God says, you are more than conquerors. So we're broken because we don't know who we are and we don't know um, how to fix it. Uh, Jesus says, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. We have been taught in this pit to become worried and anxious and afraid and uncertain and alone and isolated and feel unloved. And well, that's, that's, those are the, you know, how can you say, things symptoms, that break, yeah, sy- symptoms yeah. of the bro- brokenheartedness. Well, and there's the things that break our hearts, you know, mm-hmm. because we're built by God. God is love, so God built us to, to need love, 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 and want love. And so when we're rejected and we're uh, judged and betrayed and set up and isolated and disappointed in ourselves and in others and disappoint mm-hmm. others and are labeled by them. I mean, many kids, I mean, this starts out when you're very, very young. We're already being psychologically reconditioned people. Uh, you know, for example, children who struggle with the spirit or who have nightmares or people who are uh, you know, see a discrepancy between what is just and what is not just, and they become rebellious, or they go to church and they don't buy into all the stuff they see, and they're pretty much eventually labeled rebellious or outcasts. And so then they take up that label. Okay, if I'm going to be rebellious, I'll be rebellious. And so we're we're labeling others, and they're picking up those identities. Um, and those are not necessarily who they really are. But then we feel bad. We feel guilty because. We're not built by God to sin. We're not built by God to like or uh, be comfortable with guilt. 
And so when we sin, we feel guilty. And the very fact that we feel guilty should clue us into the fact that we're not built to sin and feel guilty because that feels uncomfortable. And God made us to be, wants us to be comfortable in knowing who we are, knowing who he is. And that's the only place you're going to find a healed heart is in someone who knows who they are in spite of the fact that Satan puts all these tragedies in their way. I mean, look at Job, for example, how many tragedies did he have? Mm -hmm. You know, he lost his family. He lost his finances all basically in the short amount of time. And then, you know, Satan wasn't done with him and went up and asked God if he could hit him again. And God says, okay, but you can't kill him. Um, so here's that we see the behind the scenes that Satan was the one challenging God to see if God could keep his wonderful, righteous servant, Job, who God already identified as righteous, uh, if Satan could throw enough at him to get Job to curse God and die or, or reject God. And so that was the whole challenge. It was, was God able to keep Job in the middle of Job's tragedies or was Job going to, you know, become bitter against God, blame God and um, curse God and 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 or accept the guilt that his friends accused him of when he wasn't guilty, what was he going to do? And so we see that Job was stunned. He was confused. He was sad. He was uh, brokenhearted. He didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but he kept, he, a couple of times right there in the middle of, in, in the middle of the book, he basic, basically said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him? He says, mm-hmm. I'm going to trust God to the point of even if God kills me, I'm going to still trust him which was a pretty heavy-duty declaration of his confidence in God. And then in another place, he said, I know my Redeemer lives. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Job, in the midst of his deepest, darkest, terrifying, most tragic, I mean, he's not only sitting there with all the loss, he's got the boils and the pain and the disease. And, and here's the other problem with sitting in something like that when it keeps getting worse. When will it ever end? And will mm-hmm. it ever end? Mm-hmm. And how can I do this if it doesn't end? How can I keep doing this? How can I stay? And it's not God's intention, I don't believe, to crush us to the point of annihilation. That's not God who wants to just remove you from his view and from a creation and obliter- obliterate you. It's not. But So we have to realize that God, if God is in control of the test, that should be good news because if the devil's in control of the test, that's not good news at all. But if God has a, a plan, a purpose, then there's a point in time where God says, okay, that's it. And with Job, the same thing. At the end of, of the chapter on 41, I think it's on the revelation of who God is, God revealed himself to Job and the discussions were over, the, the pain was over, the test was over, and Job was had to even forgive his friends for speaking so evil against him and against God. And then at the very end, Job was blessed double. Portions were returned to him for everything he had went through. So when God is the one in control of the test, you didn't say, well, God is so mean then. Why is God doing this? Well, God is doing this basically because he is being provoked by the devil who comes against you and says, I can break her. I can break him. Just let me do enough. Look, I've got this, this. I've got a right to do this. I can justify this. You know, this was already done. Nobody asked for forgiveness for this sin four generations back. Satan has all kinds of conniving ways. He presents his case before God. And God is not stupid. God is not ignorant. God does know what the devil is doing. And God is for us. If God is for us. And so when you're in the middle of a brokenhearted trial, you want to know that this trial is, is being controlled by and monitored by and overseen by God, not by the devil. And God loves you and he's not going to abandon you. So it's, it's knowing that that causes us in that place of tragedy or brokenheartedness to not give up, not to despair. So we have to see, I mean, here's the deal. It's so you say you have a, a betrayal of a, of a husband or wife or 
or child or a loss of a child, a tragic disease that is afflicted and and in taken of uh, a, a family member. So you're you're emotionally you're you're physically exhausted. You're emotionally distraught. You're you're you're, you're sad. You're mourning, and and so what happens in that space? Where you can characters built perseverance yeah, character of course that but you can think well this is when you're so emotionally devastated as many are how how do you see that this is is going to turn around well, for good how do you how do you come to the and I shouldn't ask that how do you question but mm-hmm. but when you're so overwhelmed to be able to see that there is a good plan. Well, that I believe God that has. I believe at that point many people do what what naturally comes natural is to surrender, to give up, and that's a good thing in a Desp- way. Despair or depression. Well, giving up that can be you know it can be very de- debilitating. So, getting past, say, someone that is a believer, uh, a true believer in Christ, where this this all this comes to them to be debilitating for them. But well, you can choose. Is, you have, is it a matter of refocusing? Well, it's not a matter of me at all. It's a matter of surrendering to God and saying, Thy will mm-hmm. be done, O God. And knowing, again, what I said earlier, is that God is in control of this thing. You are not forsaken. You're not unloved. You're not lost. God is love. God cares about you more than you care about yourself. And I believe in the middle of brokenheartedness, the biggest pain is the fear of being abandoned, alone, unloved, and having to go through this uh, alone. What's going to happen now? What's going to happen What's to me? What's going to happen to me now? Yeah. And so again, the Lord, this is a, a, a wonderful time, actually, when you're, when we are broken and stripped and devastated and there's no more means or ways that we can build ourselves up or feel better about ourselves. There's no more escapes that work. There's no more um, distractions that work. There's no more ways we can blame others. Um, you know, we can choose to sink into despair or we can go to the Lord. Well, um, a lot of people get to that point and, and end up with suicidal thoughts, or they actually, you know, carry out those. Well, and a lot of people thoughts. actually die of a broken heart, and that's oftentimes yeah, the way. What a, a heart attack is a broken heart, and so that's the physical manifestation of a, a long-standing spiritual uh, hurt mm-hmm. and pain, mm-hmm. um, where people just keep accumulating the brokenness in their heart until their heart is broken, uh, and then their heart uh, dies. Um, uh, but again, going back to the real, the real uh, issue uh, for the broken heart is to be separated from God. My heart is, you know, fixed in God. God is the, my life. And if we don't know that, our hearts are going to fail for fear because perfect love casts out fear. So your heart is going to fail because of all the terrible things that could happen or might happen or have happened. And then there comes in the, the, the anger and the, in, in, uh, the injustices that create bitterness against God, against others, against yourself, blaming. None of these things resolve or solve the broken heart. What really resolves and heals the broken heart is Jesus. He says, I have come to heal the broken heart. So bring your broken heart, your issues and sadness, your loss um, to the Lord, because he truly is the only one who knows who you are. He knows where you've come from. He's known you from before the foundation of the world. He's known that this very day would happen to you. He's known everything about our journey, every foot, every step, every yard, every mile of the way. And he's there with us. Um, And he said he will never leave us or forsake us. He said he has come 
to heal the brokenhearted, to bind up those who are bruised. Only Jesus, the Son of God, is capable of doing this. There are no other remedies. He is the, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ that becomes the remedy for the brokenheartedness on every level, incurred under every circumstance. It is his love. He is the one who comforts. He is the one who doesn't abandon. He is the one who comes to seek and save that which is lost and wander up the gap and gather up the brokenhearted. He is the only one who brings peace and hope and healing. And he can do that in the midst of a tragedy. He can do that in the midst of what would seem like the end of uh, despair. Jesus Christ can bring that new life and that hope. It says, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 1, beginning with verse 3, Blessed be God the F- and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and mm-hmm. God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort we, with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. So he's comforting us. It's just like a, uh, a, a child, that, a little child that's afraid of something and runs to a, a, his mother and um, give the mother just you know holds him, strokes his head, um, you know just comforts him, comforts just with just with love her and presence. warmth and her presence, mm-hmm. and 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 the the child feels secure and 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 comforted, and the fears go, and she assures it's going to be okay. You know, I'm here. Jesus is here. You know, it's going to be okay. So the the Lord does that comforting to us. You're going to find it from him. You're not going to find it from, mm-hmm. I mean, other people sometimes are, are cruel and harsh and, and won't help you. But sometimes there are people that come into our lives at and these God times. God sends in, actually. God sends them in mm-hmm. to, to, to befriend us, to comfort us, not just to coddle us, but, uh, or just to, you know, share in the woe is me type thing but to to give us strength and encouragement and and their their faith and their trust kind of uh, how can i say rubs off on us that we realize that we don't have to fear yes. uh, we don't have to fear and the 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 greatest one of the greatest attacks upon uh, we as humans is fear absolutely how many times is the lord because said, perfect love is the opposite of yeah, fear and it casts out that right and fear uh, the psalmist said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me, me from, from all, all my fears. fears. And that's what a lot of the brokenheartedness is. is it's the, the mind working, the emotions working to bring the oh no's and the what ifs and, the, and mm-hmm. you know, making the thing worse and, and taking it beyond, you know, it's sufficient unto the days, the evil thereof and so also is the grace thereof. So God wants us to know that he knows our wanderings. Uh, he says here in verse uh, Psalm 56, um, but you number my wanderings. You put my tears into your bottle. Are they not all in your book? So God already knows about all this stuff. It's already been written down. Your tears uh, are, are there. You know, tears can be an offering, a, a, a sense of um, really, uh, they're tangible um, representations of your, your trust in God, of the trial, of God's faithfulness. Are they not all written in your book? When I cry out to you, then my enemies will be turned back. This I know because God is for me. 
In God, yes, in God, I will praise his word. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? So you see, the thing is, um, for you have delivered my soul from death. You have not delivered my feet. You, I'm sorry, not delivered my feet from, have you not delivered my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living. So God is the one who keeps our feet from falling, causes us to walk in the land of the living. And so, Father God, we thank you even now for the faithfulness. You said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Um, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What will man do to me? And so, Father, we thank you that this test, this brokenheartedness, this evil that's befallen us, this tragedy, this treachery, this disappointment, this hopelessness, this long-standing affliction, Father God, that these things are working together for good. You said all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So we're standing upon your word and your faithfulness to complete the work you have begun in us, that this is nothing new to you, that you are with us, Lord, and that you're the one. The burden rests upon you, Lord God, to complete the work you've begun in us and to bring us through into victorious life and liberty, and that we will know that we are loved and that we will know that we belong to you. And that is why, Lord God, we can count on the victory because you are faithful to complete that work. So, Father, I pray today that those who are heavy-hearted have looked to themselves, have looked to others, have been disappointed, have many times been disappointed, have reached out and been rejected, Father God, that they will not uh, give up on you, Lord God, but that you will satisfy their heart, Lord. You said, you were the one who said, I have come to heal the brokenhearted, and only you know how to do that. So, Father, we pray today as we surrender to you our broken heart that you will grant us what we need to heal that broken heart, the remedy of peace and joy and love and freedom and forgiveness. Father, that we will be forgiven because we know that our hearts are oftentimes broken because we feel unloved or that we have sinned. So, Father, we pray today for the release from the judgments that we've made against ourselves and for the peace that you've given us, Lord God, to walk in that place of love and forgiveness, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we are thanking you today for listening. We're praying that you'll have a very happy and wonderful and blessed um, holiday Thanksgiving, that you will truly have Thanksgiving in your heart um, because you have much to be thankful for because you are a son or daughter of the Most High God and you have a great future. Also, we want to uh, encourage you to check, check out Setting Captives Free which is a manual that is available on liferecovery.com. Setting Captives Free goes through kind of a, a fun, fast way, easy read, very easy, um, on what happens, how we get conditioned, how we get bound up, and what are the remedies to get to the lies that Satan has used to bind us and to get to the truth of who Jesus is. Again, uh, Setting Captives Free on liferecovery.com. God bless you. I have an emergency. What is your location? Rescue Radio. Because there's a war for your soul.